Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gotta find my Everything has its time. Show me your reason and I'll soon show you a rhyme. Cast it on the windowsill. Children fit in the snow. Why do I feel I don't fit in anywhere I go? Rivers belong where they can ramble. Eagles belong where they can fly. Got to be where my spirit can be free. Gotta find my corner of the sky. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Center Stage with Michael Cagle. Yes, that's right. If you're listening, you're at the right place. That's so funny. Anyway, I want to thank that amazing singer for opening up that song, the show with that song for us. I don't know who he is, but uh, no, anyway, I'm just joking. Uh, anyway, it's good to have you guys here. This is Taking Center Stage with me, uh, Michael Cagle, and I want to give a shout out to uh, my sponsors, World Movement Records and I Am Indie for allowing me to take advantage of this amazing uh, opportunity. And uh we are just going to have a blast. As those of you who have already listened to the show a couple times, you know that pretty much anything can happen. And we just have really great, fun guests who just, uh, we just want them to feel comfortable and just have a blast. And today's special guest is a very good friend of mine. Uh, I know, and I say that all the time, most of my guests have been my friends so far, but I, what do I, what can I say? I have incredibly talented and gifted friends that are very much involved in the entertainment industry, music business, all that kind of stuff. So I never run out of guests because I don't run out of talented friends. They are ridiculously good. And today's guest uh, goes along with that. I think he thought I was going to joke and say something, but I was not. Uh, He's a great, good friend of mine. He is a producer He's a uh, record label CEO, and uh, not only does he have a great uh, karaoke business in the Seattle area, he's probably one of the most popular karaoke hosts in the Seattle area, and he's won several awards for for just being a good host. And uh, for those of you who don't think that's a hard job, it really, really is a hard job. Uh, Everybody, please make welcome... Mr. Jimmy Flaherty. Woo! Hello, Michael. Hey, you're a little hard to hear. Oh, I'm a little hard to hear. Okay. How's that? Uh, that was worse. 
Hang on. You know, it's it's that whole microphone thing. It is. Let's see. I know you have several at your house, though. (laughs) Right. None of which I'm using at the moment. (laughs) Right. Is that better? So how are you, sir? I am doing fine. Well, um, I uh, I'm really excited to have you on. It's kind of a twofold uh, reason. One is you're just an outstanding guest, and you're really good at what you do. But secondly, I have all three of my current holiday releases uh, out now. They all kind of debuted this last week, and they're doing yeah. surprisingly well. I'm pretty excited. And Good. I have to say that uh, they wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for you. Uh, Jimmy and his uh, production studios, uh, Seattle Sound Productions, uh, actually I went in to have him uh, produce and and work on the tracks and make the tracks. And uh, the experience was outstanding. And uh, your work was so good. I I just am really absolutely thrilled. Each each song is has a special meaning to me. Each song is a little bit different. And um, you were you were terrific to work with. So uh, yeah, I thought why not tie tie you in with the releases and. Uh, But why don't we get people to know a little bit about you? Why don't you share a little bit about who you are and how you got into, well, literally a little bit of all the music business, I think. You've performed, you've wrote plays, you have a sound studio, you produce music, you have, the list is tremendous. How'd you get started? Well, uh, mom bought a piano when I was five. That's when it started. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, I've been playing, well, am I going to date myself? Uh, How many years is that? That's a lot of years. Anyway, uh, (laughs) we, uh, yeah, I I opened my first recording studio in 1990, 91, over in Spokane. And, uh, boy, I was really just learning the ropes back then. Uh, it was a big 5,000-square-foot uh, studio space, uh, which I also lived in. But uh, uh, the that studio went belly up about two years later because that's when uh, the PC became a big thing, and everybody thought, well, we can make our own records. So... A lot of hardware uh, went bye-bye uh, after that. But uh, then I kind of took a few years off and moved to Seattle uh, in 2003 and uh, decided to start getting back into it. Uh, it took me a little while, but uh, here we are today uh, in a very small, uh, basically solo artist-type uh, studio atmosphere. Uh, right now it's just one room, but, uh, yeah, we just, we just go and hopefully we can keep the room booked because it's a cheap roommate, if nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, do you think it doesn't make much of a mess? (laughs) Right. 
do you think that uh how different is it to be doing music in in 2000 wow the 2020s as it was in 91 uh well linearly as far as recording vocals and instruments uh you know uh, real instruments it's it's basically the same only we're dealing with the, what we call a computer DAW, which is basically an interface, rather than tape transports. Uh, and then, of course, in my realm, uh, since I'm a keyboardist, we used to do everything by MIDI, which a lot of people still do. I don't believe in that anymore. Uh, uh, so everything's, I guess, e- even though we're in, you know, in the 21st century, my, you know, from my aspect, uh, things are actually less digital feeling than they were back in the 90s because it's not so robotic, uh, which is something that MIDI tends to do to, a, you know, to an artist. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. But as far as mics and uh, how to, you know, set up gear and how to patch things in, it, nothing, nothing's really changed. I mean, you know, it's all basically the same. That's cool. Um is there is there a certain style of music that you like creating creating for the artists that come in or are you kind of just rounded and take everything you know uh, rock or disco or well, disco wow really I've who does pretty disco? much I have, I've done disco in fact <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I was a nightclub DJ for many years uh, so that's kind of my bedrock but uh, I don't 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 do a lot of production of that kind of music dance music anymore <laughs> but uh but yeah uh, or well our our friend Haley Howell who passed a few years ago uh yeah. one of the tracks on her album was a disco track so I think disco will make a comeback yes it will I don't know. it never I don't. It, it never died it never died <laughs> it's just it's hiding out in the closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good way to put it. So when, yeah. what, what, huh? No, I was, was going to say, so yeah, as far as genres are concerned, there's really nothing I won't do. Hell, I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of rap, rap tracks in the studio. And I'll tell you the first time I had a rap artist in the studio, I was really nervous. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've never produced a rap trap rap track in my life. But uh he came back and God, he must have recorded over a hundred songs in the studio. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He moved to California right. a few years ago, but All right, all right. Um so is there what do you do? When somebody comes in, you know, uh, well, obviously, I, I, I kind of know because I, I had, I had the opportunity to work with you, and it was, it was a terrific experience. But um, I'm going to pretend like I don't know what you do. And when, when an artist, when an artist comes in, and do they come in with a, a pretty set idea of what they want to do, or? Do they actually? Do they also come to you with an hoping that you can give them some suggestions, or how does that process it, work? It's both ways. So as okay. 
as a producer uh, and arranger of, of music, because there are different types of production, but so we'll use both of those terms. Uh, a lot of times what will happen with an artist is they'll bring in what we call a scratch track, something that they've referenced uh, that they don't have the rights to use. Uh, so they build their song around something that somebody else wrote. Uh, and then what, what what I do is I strip that track out and build a whole, something totally new. And a lot of times they will have something really set in their mind, and other times they'll say, have at it. And if I don't like something, I'll let you know. So, uh, that's, you know, uh, even uh, with, with your recording, we sort of went through that um, on Oh Holy Night. Uh, we, we picked a style of an arrangement, and uh, it's, it's a very tedious uh, process, taking something from scratch uh, and trying to make something of it, especially, you know, when it's not yours as a songwriter. I think it's easier to to develop uh, an arrangement uh, for yourself than it is for somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I thought that was – it was really kind of cool because I – you know, normally what happens is as a singer, you, um, you're handed a track or something, and then you build your vocals around the track. Uh, you know, in the studio, but, you know, with Oh Holy Night, uh, it was kind of the reverse. You just kind of, I know you kind of let me go in the studio and, and said, Mm -hmm. you know, here's kind of a click track. Now sing it the way you want to do it. And you built the track, (laughs) you built the track around my voice, even to, even to the last day when we did it, because we didn't even have, you know, we didn't have the ending completed. And so the ending, we just kind of created on this. It was amazing. The experience was so incredible because I felt, you know, as, as an artist, it's so hard sometimes to be able to say, this is what's in my head and this is what I want to do. I don't really know how to go about it. And to have someone step in and you did, it was amazing. And you just stepped in and, and just created something around me. And it actually felt like uh, a project that I was actually doing. And and that was awesome, you know. Um, yeah. And that's always the goal. Uh, you know, I, I, I occasionally will work in the studio without an artist, uh, especially if we're on a deadline, as you know. Uh, but I prefer, you know, even after tracks are laid, even though they're just scratch tracks, I prefer to have the artist in the room while the arranging is happening uh, just to keep them engaged and, and, and so that they always feel like they, are, they have their artistic input uh, on it. So it's not just me, it's them as well. They'll hear something they like and they'll say, yes, let's do that. Or something that they don't like and they'll go, oh, no, don't. Let's not, let's not go down that road. <laughs> so, right. And, and it also, in the long run, it, it, it saves a lot of, a, a lot of headache and, and turmoil. You know, and I've had, I've had uh, artists, you know, come to me and they say, oh, just do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. And then, you know, I'll spend 
you know, six hours on, on something and they'll come back and go, yeah, no, that's not where I want to go. I'm like, yeah, see, that's all wasted time now. So yeah. you, you're, you're saving money, you're saving a headache and, and also, you know, a relationship uh, in the long run because you, you don't ever want to find yourself in a situation where, yeah, we just didn't go the right direction. So, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you that my experience with you is that you were incredibly engaging because we don't live in the same town. I, we, I live a distance away from you and, and drove to the studio, yeah. but I never felt like I wasn't part of the process. You constantly communicated with me, gave me samples, and what do you think of this? And, and yeah. it just I, – I, 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 I can't imagine working with anybody else. I, the experience was so incredible. Um, I just felt so totally engaged in every step of the process. Uh, even while I was just sitting, listening to you, you know, putting stuff together, I just really, right. that was amazing. So I really encourage everybody to uh, look him up. I, do you have a, we- you have a website? Uh, actually, no, we, lo- we lost our domain in the middle of uh, the pandemic because uh, we couldn't afford to pay the pay, pay to upkeep it. So, right. And then, and then the, the company that was hosting the, the website uh, basically took my, uh, my domain name, seattlesoundproductions.com, and then wanted me to pay $600. So basically they held, they held it ransom, and I just told them to screw off. Oh, wow. So now our presence is all on Facebook. Um, okay. I need to I need to work on my social media, but <laughs> you do. I yeah. mean, um, as, as we're older, we, as we get older, we get stubborn. So yeah. But, it, well, well, the thing is, is that um, you know I have gladly and proudly touted you know that I've worked with you and and mm-hmm. you know you you produced uh, it, it just came out so amazing and the everybody every, everybody it, it's so funny because everybody has their favorite song that i've released but mm-hmm. everybody always seems to be drawn to oh holy night which makes me really happy because i think you know i i went into the studio with with a song i i I knew that I wanted to do three songs. And so one of them was original and one was a cover of a contemporary song. And then one was uh, a traditional, which was the old Holy night. And, but I've always wanted to sing that song. And I remember the first time that I heard it, I was like, that is just an amazing, just a gorgeous piece of music. And, uh, whether, you know, whether you're religious or not, it's, it's such a captivating song and so sweeping oh, and dramatic. Song. And um, I just, I just had it in my head and, and to have, you know, to have it come to life, it was just, just ridiculously awesome. And everybody likes it. You know, um, you know, I've, I've gotten some, some comments of, wow, it's a little, wow, it's a little bit more stylized than we want. And I'm like, well, have you ever heard me sing? <laughs> but yes, there, there uh, is that holding holding back Michael Cagle can be uh <laughs> no, right? no, trust me folks, it's not a thing. <laughs> no. It it isn't. So um 
but uh, I'm trying to figure out a way. I guess what I'm going to do is just every now and then, how does someone, uh, and we'll slow this down a little bit, how does someone get a hold of you if they want to get in your studio? And uh, by, the mean, by the way, everybody, seriously, if you want a really good, thorough person, uh, he was amazing. What, what, what is your studio number? Uh, the studio number, that's a really good question. Yeah, it's uh, 253, I never call myself, 253-392-5572. What? Okay, uh, we'll do that one again. 253-392-5572. Okay. Now, do you have an email? You do have an email, huh? You do have an email address, right, for the yeah, studio? Yes, yeah. It's actually an all under me. Hell, I have a hard enough time keeping up with my 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 own email and all the social media every day. If I had a, a separate email address for the studio, I'd go nuts because uh, I'm a one-man operation here. So uh, anyway, email is flahertyjames at comcast.net. So that's F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y, James, all one word, at comcast.net. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Social media um, is also good, but I don't always see messages from people who I'm not friends with. I get a lot of spam on Facebook, you know, so. Right. It's hard well, to, here's hard what to I'm gonna do. get through all that. I'm, gonna, I'm going to play Oh Holy Night, and that way right. if you need to run off and get some coffee, uh, you have about four minutes to do that. I'm going to play the track. And uh, right. this is, uh, like I said, this was, uh, this was my baby. All my songs are my babies, but this one was one that I've wanted to do since I was super young. And so it and I've was. And I always wanted to produce it, so there it is. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is so cool. Yeah. And, boy, did you do a hell of a job. All right, everybody, uh, this is Oh Holy Night. We're going to bring Jimmy back in just a couple minutes, but we're going to play the track for you here in uh, right now. Our dear Savior's 
Congratulations, I, I, Michael. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I can never thank you enough for doing that. It, it's, it is a, it was so powerful and, and so meaningful to have that on a bucket list and to know I was working with someone that understood how important it was and really went the extra mile. I, I just... I, I will forever be grateful, and you uh, you were amazing. Uh, I just well, you, you definitely you definitely are in your element. Uh, it was just it was magic working with you. So I I just like I said I I will forever be promoting you and just outstanding outstanding. And like I said, everybody that track was created by him around me and not the other way around. And that takes, that takes a serious knowledgeable artist and producer to, 
to have the confidence to say, lay down your vocals and then I will build it around you. And that was outstanding. And it just, I will, I will forever be grateful. It really was, uh, out, it just a dream come true. So thank well, you. Was, uh, thank you. I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely an honor to work with the infamous Michael Cagle. After all these <laughs> years that we've known each other, uh, probably well, tell yeah, the, we had the to... first time you and I, you and I got into the recording studio when I was in Seattle, and uh, oh. decided we and should not record together. <laughs> when we when we unleashed our cats in a Cats in a, two cats in a trash can is what it sounded like. It was. Uh, oh, yeah. it was. No. Uh, <laughs> that one was rough. <laughs> I think it was so because rough. we were both trying to both trying to be Elton John, and uh, <laughs> it was not Elton John. It was. It, it was a little. Yeah, that one was a little rough, but. Um, it was. It was funny though. But you know, we've gone on to sing together on stage a few times, and and uh, in live performances, and it's. Uh, it fun, is, actually. and we, you we, are. We've learned you know, how to how to sing with each other. We have. You are just. You are. Uh, it's not a surprise that you're as good a producer in in the studio because even singing with you live, you bring out the best. Like you just you just relax somebody, and then they just want to elevate their game, and and really, it's yeah. just you're just that you have. And I think sliding into the next thing, um, you know, you have been hosting karaoke for, well, I God knows how long. I, I I've, since I've first, known, huh? Yeah, my first karaoke show was in 1989. Did they have karaoke that was, back then? Yeah, we it was, it was a, a totally different world. Uh, yeah, we had uh, it was all done on cassettes. You know, remember those little tiny tape things that we had, um, and uh, the lyrics were printed on on paper, and and how anybody ever read those tiny lyrics, I'll never know. Uh, but yeah, and you know, and a karaoke book in those days was called a menu, and if you had twenty five or thirty songs, karaoke songs in nineteen eighty nine, boy, you had a big library. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. So I I didn't officially go into the karaoke business until uh, oh god it was uh, around 2000, right before. Uh, yeah, it was yeah 2000. So uh, and then I again I moved to Seattle. Uh, and during that period of time, I didn't have a recording studio, so I moved to Seattle. Tried to get into the karaoke uh, scene up here as a business. Boy, that was tough to break into up in Seattle. Uh, finally got in at a couple places, and then I moved down to Federal Way, and uh, we're down here now just making bucks, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and you just celebrated, uh, I will say, you celebrated your seventh anniversary last night, which is yeah. seriously outstanding. Uh, you it's celebrated your seventh seventh anniversary at the sandbar and yes uh, yeah we've been there seven years that's just wild uh yeah not only you know that's a testament to the kind of show you put on in all honesty because uh karaoke people are fickle 
<laughs> you know, uh, they can either be really fickle or, or really don't care. <laughs> and, and we yeah. we take them all, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, once again, it it, and I can't stress this enough. And I'm not trying to over compliment you, but the amount of care that you put into is put into your shows is the reason why people go to them. Like you're mm-hmm. all about making sure the singer sounds good and that they're they're comfortable and and that you know the their experience on stage is as important as the people that are listening. And so, you know, the lights and the sound and everything, it's, it's everybody feels, you know, cause not everybody, let's be honest, not everybody's going to, you know, have the time and the energy to, you know, do a show or, or perform on stage, you know, but you know, you give them four minutes of an opportunity, you know, a four minute opportunity to be a star, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. get up there and, and feel comfortable and just entertain. And uh, it's important. And, and you treat everybody like they are, like they are important, you know, like they, they deserve the best sound. They deserve the best lights. And that's, well, yeah, in and, all and honesty, as, go ahead. Go ahead. As, as you know, you know, karaoke, cause you've been a karaoke host yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it can sometimes be, uh, I, I can't say the word because I'm on the radio, but a blank show. And, uh, a shit show. So we're, we're, P, right. we're, we're PG-13, oh, right. PG so we can say shit. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so it's, it can sometimes be a shit show. So you, uh, <laughs> so why not take, you know, why not take the extra, uh, uh, you know, investment in my, in both my time and my equipment to make sure that it's not as, not a terrible shit show, but uh, at least something that's enjoyable. So, you know, you give somebody a great microphone, a decent sound system and, you know, combine that with a good engineer and you can make anybody sound halfway decent. So, you know, karaoke doesn't have to be painful. Uh, So that's, that's, you know, I, I try to treat it with as much, uh, respect as I do, you know, in the studio. Uh, I want want it to be as perfect as possible. Sometimes you just have to throw your hands up in the air and walk away. But <laughs> are you, are you surprised at the longevity of of karaoke? I mean, a lot of people were talking, you know, when it when it really started kicking in, and you know, of course, they, they were laser discs at one time, and yeah, but and but. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, this is kind of a fad. It's, you know, it's it's not really good. Are you surprised that literally 20 years later or whatever, it's well, 30, 30 years by my calendar? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm 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 actually surprised that it got off the ground as much as it did. I think by the time the mid 90s, uh, maybe early 2000s hit, and it was pretty much everywhere. I think that's probably when I stopped saying this is a fad um, because it was literally everywhere, and it is now. Surprisingly, you know, there are some cities that where you'd think there'd be a ton of karaoke. There isn't, like L.A., for example. Uh, I was down there a few years ago uh, when I auditioned for The Voice, uh, and we found two karaoke bars in all of all of uh, greater, uh, you know, main L.A., 
And it was like, what, what in the actual hell is going on? Either they don't advertise. Well, I don't know, but we just we only found two spots, um, well, and they were both pretty you know, horrible. <laughs> they, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think probably like L.A. What L.A. just like New York is is probably considered more of a live, piano, you know, live venues with piano bars or you know yeah. that kind of thing. Because unfortunately, the the sad thing is that there is such a stigma to the word karaoke to some people oh, yeah. like they, because yeah. their immediate response is, okay, drunk singers, singing, you know, slobbering mm-hmm. all over microphones, singing out of tune. And, um, mm-hmm. and they don't realize, you know, there are incredible people that will never, ever tour, never, ever record, you know, never, mm-hmm. ever do shows that have the most amazing voices and they just love to sing. And this is a place for them to, to shake off all of their, the week's worth of drama and stress and work. And they get to just do something that they love. And there's great singers out there, like outstanding where you just, you know, I still am dumbfounded by the amount of talent you know, because unlike you, I've been doing this a while. And, you know, I've I've been really blessed to have performed all over the country. And right. I am never, I've never, it never ceases to amaze me how much undiscovered talent there is, is, yeah. is out there. And I, you know, yeah. just for that alone, I, I, I don't, I can't see karaoke ever ever dying because people need, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a matter of someone singing out of tune because some people are so terrible. It's worth going because right. Right. I, I either love the super amazing singers where my jaw just hits the floor and I'm like, wow, that was mm-hmm. unbelievable experience. Or I love the absolutely terrible ones that have no clue. They have no clue how awful they are. And, well, or, you know, I think it's even better when they do know how terrible they are and they just own it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh yeah. So, um, do you do you see how long do you still how long do you think the wheels on karaoke are going to keep rolling? Uh, I think the wheels on karaoke will keep going uh, as long as it doesn't try to automate itself and you know there have been a a few uh people who have tried uh automating the experience and i think the second that happens and it becomes a real thing uh that'll be the death of karaoke really because then yeah because then you're taking the host out of out of the picture and you have to you know it karaoke requires some leadership um you, you need somebody yeah, yeah, you need somebody on that mic to be the MC and say, "Give it up for blah blah blah," or tell us tell a joke, you know, make fun of somebody's shoes, or you know, a machine is never right. going to do that. Right. And, and uh, you know, let's yeah. face it, some people, and some people will get up and sing a karaoke, and yeah, <laughs> they'll suck the energy out of the room, or yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like it. You need you need that person to get the momentum back up if it does sag, 
if, if yeah. you know, yeah. it just, it is definitely something that requires interaction with someone that is running the whole thing. You know, you, yeah. you need yeah. that through line. I, I, I completely you, agree. Yeah. And you have to be able to drive the energy, especially on the nights when you have the, the, the dreaded uh, funeral march per se, you know, <laughs> where you've got three hours of everybody singing sad, sappy songs. <laughs> and and at that time, you just got to go up to the bartender and say, you got a gun? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, lo- I love my job, but not tonight. Oh, God, no, this is sad. But, you know, we have to take the good with the bad in this industry. Uh, fortunately, it's 95% good and 5% bad for me. Anyway. All right, I- I do have a I do have a serious question for you because you were you were someone that seemed to be able to rebound. Uh, we uh, obviously we had our own karaoke company and we had right. we had we weren't nearly as busy as you were, but um, you know then the pandemic hit and of course you know it was I think karaoke. Karaoke shows were the the big bold target that everybody was going mm-hmm. after, you know, because of shared microphones and all that right. stuff. Um, and of course, our our karaoke business kind of just—I hate to say it—is kind of, except for you know weddings and special events and that kind of thing. We're right. we're not regular doing gigs anymore. But mm-hmm. how did you weather? How did you weather? Because now you're up. You know, and and like I said, you're celebrating your seventh year. You had, I, I think I read that you had 28 people in your rotation before you even started. Last night. Last yeah. night. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. How, what, That's nuts what, on Thursday. Yeah. How did you? How did you? Not only how did not only how did you survive through the pandemic to keep the business alive, but how did you keep the interest alive so that when, you know, restrictions kind of fell that, you know, fell loosened up, that kind of thing. How did you, uh, how did you revive it? You know, because there was a period of time, obviously that nobody was doing karaoke. It just wasn't allowed. Right. And right. so share with me your well, pandemic the- experience. Well, it was terrible, number one. Uh, you know, we thought, you know, the, the, on the, I think it was, what was it, the 16th of March or something that year? Uh, I was at a gig, actually. Uh, in fact, we were at a place called Bourbon Jacks in Auburn. And uh, we were doing an entertainer spotlight with a fellow by the name of uh, Buck. And uh, I got the phone call from my mom. She says, yeah, you guys are going to be closed down tomorrow. And I said, what? She said, yeah, this COVID thing hit, and they're shutting down all bars and restaurants. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I thought, eh, you know, a week or two, maybe. Yeah, that turned into 18 months. Yeah. And uh, it it destroyed my business, damn near. I mean, uh, I was actually to the point before I was able to get any of the government assistance, which took a year, uh, almost a year to get for me. Um, actually, no, it was eight months. Uh, but anyway, uh, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely here. 
my phone is doing weird things. Anyway, um, yeah, it was. Hang on. Decline. Um, it was. It was a very. Uh, it was a hard time. I mean, I, we were on our way to adding two more venues. We're, I'm a small purveyor, so you know, we at that time we had three shows. We were getting ready to ramp up to five, and uh, right. that happened. And I would have been making bank. I mean, more money than I've ever made in my life at that time. Had that happened, um, and to go from that to zero and have nothing uh, through all that, uh, if it wasn't for the, what I had going on in the studio. Uh, and we also did some at-home private karaoke parties uh, safely, of course, as safely as possible. Right. That helped, but uh, I'm not honestly sure, you know, how, now that I look back at it, how, how we ever did survive, because it was a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And, you know, we're only back to about half capacity now as far as my business is concerned. Uh, we were a little slow on the uptake uh, coming back and trying to grab venues. Number one, because I didn't want to go in and grab somebody else's deal. Um, places where I knew I had karaoke, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes because I knew people wanted had to get back to work and wherever they were at, was, you know, hopefully they were going to be able to go back to where they were. And that didn't always happen. You know, we lost we lost two venues. I was down to just the sandbar when we came back uh, last you know, a year ago, August. Um, so fortunately I was lucky enough to have those owners. Uh, so that helped me out a lot yeah, getting rebuilt. Now we have another venue in uh, Kent called the in-between pub, which is a fun younger crowd hosted by Galen, uh, and, uh, David A. Uh, so those guys do it. And that's a fun show. Me. Obviously. Yeah, I, it I, is. I, it's, a, it's a totally Galen, different type of show that we get. To right. of it, yeah. yeah, it is. And it's, um, you know, Galen is my, Galen's my brother. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and he's just, he's a great host, but it is, it's a very fun, that's a really fun, uh, fun venue to go to. And I think that, I think that's one of the things that appeals. Uh, I think karaoke is so appealing is that um Depending on your host and depending on the location, you know, you can find something to fit everybody's crowd, if that right. makes sense. You know, because right. uh, some people, you know, some people want to get up and, you know, get 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 up and, you know, <laughs> dress dress up and, and hit the stage and they want the really mm-hmm. cool lights and everything because they, yeah. that's what they want. And but then there are other people who just kind of want to have a nice beer, low key, get up, you know, hang with friends. It just, I think that's what the, one, the one thing about it. You can find, you can not find a family, but you can find your crowd at a karaoke. Oh, I, I, I think, I think uh, karaoke is very much family uh, for a lot of people. Uh, it is. You know, when when we lose somebody, you know, it happens. You know, sometimes we we've had part of parts of our family, you know, get eighty six from a bar for doing something stupid, or you know, they pass on or whatever. And boy, I'll tell you, everybody feels it. 
And, it you know, does. we lost a number of people uh, through through COVID. We lost uh, Smitty, Queen of Karaoke. Um, yeah. She didn't die of COVID, but um, but it was during, you know, basically right after all that hiatus. And uh, we never did, I never did get to see her again. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, I... Uh, yeah, I guess what I was saying was didn't come out the right way, but yeah, you're because you're 100 percent right. You know, a lot of my, a lot of my friends and and family are people that I have met uh, through singing karaoke, which sounds kind of dorky, I guess, because well, that's, but how, that's how we met. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It you know what? It actually is. You know, um, back when I back when I was forced to have that stupid. British accent, <laughs> and they all thought they all thought you and I were brothers. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a compliment or not. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> um, we are in spirit, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, it's um, it is. It was it was a friendship. I think that um, I didn't really know. How do I say this correctly without offending somebody? But um, it wasn't it wasn't a friendship that I thought was going to go anywhere because we did click, and then we yeah we had we had an interesting party didn't. that that was getting frustrated that we did, and yeah, um, yeah so. Well, as, as many of many of the people in, the, in this industry who have uh, gone into competitions, which is another story in and of itself, uh, knows how frustrating that can be. And having been in the you know in the in the top three uh, of of, the, of that organization, I know how frustrating it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, I think without some conflict in in situations like that, you're, you're not going to move forward. You have to. Other, yeah. Otherwise, it's always just yes, 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 no, because that's not how you, how competitions work. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, we had a good time. I'm glad we don't do it anymore. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, competitions are, you know, they um, – it's weird because they – I always tell people, you know, because one of the things I, I enjoy doing is I do vocal coach a little bit, and um, a lot of people come to me, and they're like, I, I you know, I, I want to do this contest. Can you get me – you know, can you help me win? Well, the first thing I always tell them is I can't guarantee anything. I, I can give you tools. I can help you be – the best you right. you can be, you know that kind of thing. Right. But I can't guarantee. I won't guarantee you because that's not fair to you. I don't, you know, because judging at the end of the day is subjective. But yeah. I know that competitions, if you don't go in them for the right reason, can devastate you or devastate relationships with people. Because that's actually if you're that's actually, very correct. Yeah. If, yeah, and one of the reasons actually, why my business decided not to do competitions anymore, because uh, it was it was bad for business. Uh, you know, the worst the worst thing you want to do as an owner of an entertainment company is to tell your customers how terrible they are. <laughs> right, it, it, and not a good business be, model. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless that's your unless that's your thing, you know, and you know. Right. But um, it is because you know, I I, I have uh, you know, unfortunately, I have you know, I have a lot of friends that are in different competitions. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's so many now, and. I'm not saying one's better than the other or one's worse than the other, but it's really, I always tell people who go into a contest or a competition, don't go in it just to win. Right. And you have to be very thick skinned. If you, yeah, exactly. If you are putting all your eggs in your basket because Mm -hmm. you expect to win, Mm-hmm. You're, you may get disappointed. I, and it doesn't yeah. matter if the person's amazing or not. But, mm-hmm. I, cause, but I've seen people go in there and they feel like it's their time to win and they won't take no for an answer. Answer, right. And what do you do, you know? And I tell them, well, number one, it's just one contest. It's one of hundreds that you can find. You know, conscience is never going to define you. It's not going to make you who you are. It means that, you know, anywhere from three to seven people who all have their own objectivity to what is good are going to make a determination based on one song. Right. You know, you don't know. And sometimes sometimes people are a one-hit wonder, and then they don't understand why they weren't loved on the second and third song. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I and I knew that from from hosting karaoke. Everybody, yeah. everybody's got one song in them, <laughs> pretty much. Right. But it's, but it's a, and as a host, it always feels that way because you, you you know you're expected to sing, and you know I've 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 got about a hundred songs I can sing off the fly, and and I sing them all, but it always seems like I'm just singing the same crap over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not really. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, um, anyway, so my question to you is what, what is, what is your next, where is, where is your, cause you have a record label called Rupert, Rupert, Rupert records. records. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is, what is Jimmy's next three years looking like, uh, either as a record label, business owner, karaoke host, what, where do you see yourself, uh, in let's say three years? Well, uh, I'm clearly going to keep the karaoke and the business, uh, alive, uh, for as long as I can. Uh, you know, we only do permanent installs, so we don't, we don't lug gear around with us. So, uh, I do an install and then we just show up and we do the show. Um, and that's the only way we do karaoke anymore. Uh, Cause I'm too old to be dragging crap around. Um, but that's always probably going to be a thing. Um, even when I decide not to do it anymore, I'll still have people that do it for me. Uh, and then as far as recording studio, where I'd like to see Seattle sound productions go will be, more of a focus on Rupert records and we'll, and I want to get together at some point with a distributor down the line so that we can actually 
be a real record label. Um, we're only a record label at this point uh, in terms of that we do sometimes have space for artists to come in and we pay for everything. It's all pro gratis. Uh, but that's as far as that goes. We don't do any distributing or anything like that. That's all on them, uh, on the artist. So, and you're, you're sort of in that situation minus the minus pro gratis, but, uh, but we do a lot of that. I mean, and usually only have room for one artist at a time. But, so studio, who, are you with now, who are you working with uh, on your label that is called a, an artist on your label? Currently, I only have one artist on the label, and we haven't done anything for a very long time. Uh, Christina Kronk is actually the first person we brought in. Okay. Uh, but we don't we don't get a lot of work done uh, these days just because the studio's been so busy. Um, um, yeah, I'm booked out to the end of the year, uh, which never happens in the in the uh, winter time. So um, this I'm blessed that that's happening this year because yeah, you know every, every the price of everything's gone up, so it's it's a good supplemental income to help me you know make ends meet. None of what I do, unfortunately, uh, is cheap. Uh, just, you know, to be in sound engineering of any kind, uh, being a business like that, it gets spent expensive, um, especially when you buy, you know, good gear. So uh, you just you just hope and pray that you can get that equipment to work and make it pay for itself. So that's kind of where I'm at now as far as, you know, I've got a, a house full of equipment because uh, we're still trying to get two more karaoke venues on. It's just, it's tough right now. So, and plus we are moving uh, the sandbar uh, here in, uh, in the next few weeks, I guess. Uh, so that's going to be a, a new venue, old, old venue. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a big I mean, you you definitely have beat the odds as far as, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them that lost a business when COVID hit. And, um, I'm not sure if I'll, you know, if I'll even go back to it, uh, because, you know, all three of the places that we had contracts with, because we actually had, Mm -hmm. You know, we had five shows at three venues, so we we, we were okay. And um, but none of them are you know interested in going bad. They're all very very tentative, and Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a shame. But you know, uh, I I can't stop and build a monument to it. I I have to figure out what to do with it and and where I want to go with it and that kind of thing. But I'm glad I you know because you know, from the whole time I've known you, that was such a, that was such an important part of who you were. And uh, I, I can't imagine, I know this sounds terrible. This isn't a bad insult by any means, but I can't imagine you not hosting because you are so good at it. You know, you just have a really laid back and natural, you know, make everybody feel comfortable kind of thing. And then, you know, you're all about the product of, you know, making their four minutes sound the best, look the best. So, 
Right. Um, well, trust me, I'm not retiring anytime soon, but uh, I, I don't plan on being a 70-year-old karaoke host. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I, I got at least another 12 or 13 years in me. <laughs> so, I know, coming yeah. up. So, I know, right? Yeah. Right? You know, as, long, as long as my health maintains itself, then I'll keep doing it. Um, well, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to play another one of the songs, and that'll give you a right. chance to get more coffee, i.e. cigarette, okay. if you need one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I don't smoke, Michael. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I never said that. Oh, okay. Right. Here we go. This is... Uh, my greatest gift is you. This is a this is an original song that I wrote, uh, and uh, I hope you guys like it. Uh, it's uh, was written about in 2002, and there's been a couple iterations of it, but this is the version that I wanted to record that I was able to do, courtesy of the incredible Seattle Sound. Productions. Uh, this is my greatest gift, is you.
The joy this season is knowing My greatest gift is a Nice job. Great song. Uh, it, I, it, it makes me so warm and fuzzy. Somebody <laughs> said, somebody said, oh my God, it's, you sound like 90s R&B. <laughs> yeah, well, the arrangement is very much 90s, yeah. It that is. classic well, I, 90s uh, uh, piano, electric piano sound, yeah. It was um, well. I wrote I wrote that song in right after. I think it was right after nine eleven. Honestly, and wow, um, I had uh, yeah, and I I think I had written it. I was writing it. I had written it obviously in December after nine eleven. But I was living in Las Vegas and. Uh, I, many people don't know this, I have two sons, and um, I was, uh, because I was in, I was living in Vegas, I, uh, my sons were in Washington State, and seeing them was very, very, very difficult, uh, there, and I won't get into that, because that's an entirely different show, uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I kind of wrote that song as a gift for them to, and That's great it has, it, so it is sat in, it is sat in my drawer forever. And I was very fortunate to have a friend that, um, that 
when I put the song together, was able to play it for me. And um, so he laid the piano work down. Uh, I had written everything and said, this is what I want, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, kind of what you did in the studio, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I've tried to release that song several times and I've always kind of had other people's idea of what they wanted the song to sound like, or they made suggestions and I'm like, that's not what I want. They, they wanted it a little bit sweeter and a little bit lighter. And I'm like, that's not what the song's about. There's a song about someone that's really missing someone. And it's mm-hmm. more passionate than, you know, a holiday song where everybody's hugging each other. Uh, right. I, I wanted, I wanted that kind of feel of hurt and, you know, frustration that they're not together. Right. So, and so finally after tw- literally 20 years of, I finally got to make the version that I really feel the best about so again right that's credit to you so yeah well you know that's uh as songwriter as a songwriter myself who hasn't really written much of anything the last 20 years but it you know it's i learned a long time ago uh as a songwriter it's not something you can force and sometimes you do something and it does it sits in a drawer or on a shelf for a long time until it's time comes and yeah. uh, that's always how I've had to look at it. Um, and I don't, you know, like I said, I, well, I think the last song I wrote was during COVID. And it was about COVID, in fact, because uh, I was bored. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's something that all artists struggle with, I think, to a degree. Some people are able to just sit down and write and write and write and write and seem to never stop. I'm not right. one of those. I uh, and which makes my job as a producer and a, and a recording engineer uh, extra special because when I'm not in the mood to do it, I get to do it for other people and make their make make their vision come alive. And that's 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 really why I love doing this. I mean, I, if I've said to myself many times over the last few years, God, you know, I love doing this so much. If I could do it full time, I would. Uh, but okay, you know, not not everybody can afford to go into the studio. By the way, we're fairly cheap, folks. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's you're, yeah, you're not, you know, you're you're not there trying to, you know, get rich or bankrupt someone or make it out of, you know, out of reach. Cause unfortunately, like you said, it, it, even though it is, even though it's expensive for you, it's also expensive for everybody else as far as just the day-to-day stuff. And, you know, to can be, yeah. Especially especially when people, yeah. If you're not prepared when you come into the studio, get ready to get a bill that you're not going to like, uh, and you know that. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've had a few that just didn't know <laughs> what to expect. And, you know, I, I do try to work with people when that happens, but 
Sometimes yeah. you just have to say, all right, you're not ready for this. Go home, write your songs. I'm not here to write the song with you. Right. Because, uh, yeah. you know, it costs, it costs you money for me to sit here and watch you think. So that, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how quick the time goes. You know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to walk in the studio and lay down vocals yeah. on it two or three tracks and I'll be good. Well, yeah. it, it never know, turns out that way. <laughs> it never turns out that way. You know, and yeah. you know, the only person I think that ever worked for in, and it's a true story was they, they evidently woke Celine Dion up at one o'clock in the morning to, to lay down a vocal because it had to be done to lay down a vocal on the Titanic movie and she didn't know anything about it. She heard the track. Uh, she ran it through her head. She laid down the vocal once. Oh my God. After hearing it, she literally the version of my heart will go on. That is on the Titanic soundtrack is a little different than the pop release. Not much, but a oh, little bit day. different. Yeah. But, yeah. The one she did for the Titanic soundtrack, one take. Wow. And she's like, that's all I've got. That's all I can do. And they're like, okay, well, that's cool. And we'll work with it. We just needed it. And uh, James Horner heard it and said, there's nothing else she can do. It's, it's perfect. There's, there's enough angst and, and sadness and, you know, that it, she captured everything. So it can yeah. happen in one take. I've oh, never yeah, been it, one of them. It can. <laughs> yeah, not, not me either. You know, and, and here's the thing, as, as, as we discussed when you were in the studio, you know, engineers these days uh, are capable of doing a lot to fix vocals. Um, as long as the emotion and the dynamics, uh, you know, are, are carried through in the dyma- dynamics of the vocal recording, almost anything can be fixed. Uh, you know, I've had I've had people come in and you know, they didn't like where they put a certain uh, word. I'm like, oh yeah, I should have come in a little earlier. I'm like, okay, click click. Okay, you came in earlier. How did you do that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's uh, technology is amazing. I mean, we couldn't do these do these things back in the '90s. Uh, no. You know and. And you know all that all that equipment. God, my, our first recording studio, we had four ADATs uh, and two boards, and you know a, a, a truckload of processing gear. Um, and the room that housed just that gear was bigger than my entire studio is right now. Uh, so it's it's amazing what you can fit in a computer, you know. Yeah, and it's so weird. A lot because, more for a lot less. Yeah. Right, because people's images of you know of studio is this big booth and and you know and all these reel to reels and everything match and right. now it's all done with expensive programs and and right. patches and yeah it's yeah I, and yeah. one of the funnest things I, I'll never. I, 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 it's a funny memory 
And for those that don't know, um, I tend to have a, a kind of a, a bigger voice. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. And, and yeah, right. And so we were doing, I can't remember which song it was that I was laying the vocals on. <laughs> you made I think one it was comment. The first one. I told you, I told you you had to go downstairs to sing the track. Yeah, and I leave the microphone at the top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. And I knew I was at the right place because it was just, <laughs> it just felt good. But yeah. Um, you did, is, you did finally no, rein it in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to. The, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I paid a lot of money to learn how to project. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah, not not all microphones can handle, you know, 150 decibel uh, impact, you know. <laughs> no. sure. Not very many can. No, no, they really can't. Right. And, uh no, but we got we got what we needed out of the we got what we needed out of the uh out of that booth. It worked. Oh yeah. It really it's really really worked. Movie. And yeah. um so all right, so up next for you quickly, you said do you know when you're gonna be uh opening the new karaoke location? Uh no. As Okay. If anybody who's ever been in the bar business, they know opening uh, opening a venue of any kind is really kind of a shot in the dark. You never know what kind of holdups you're going to have, and and I'll tell you, this is this is uh, a, a place where you know if something can fail, it will uh, is is generally the rule of thumb because. Okay. Uh, pretty much everything that can go wrong has gone wrong so far. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a matter of you know once once the dust clears, you you'll know you're you're finished and you're ready to open. And nobody knows when that dust is gonna gonna settle. I I can probably safely say, uh, you know, it'll be by January. So and don't 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 quote me on that, but uh, the, yeah, the mean, word in the and, air and, is that's probably yeah, because, when we're gonna be. Yeah, because what what you originally plan and your original intent doesn't right you know doesn't not always work out because you never know what right. life is gonna throw at you at the last minute and everything. But yeah, um, yeah. it's always something. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, so, let me. I, I haven't once given out the phone number. Nobody could call, or I felt so terrible. But I just had so much fun talking to you. I just like okay, yeah, you too. Kind of a talk show. But uh, if anybody wants to call in really quick, it's three four seven three zero eight eight seven four seven. That is three four seven three zero eight eight seven four seven. If you wanted to say something to Jimmy or ask Jimmy a question or talk about you know, what he does or what he has done. And uh, I know that I'm going to be back in the studio working with you because my label needs a song for me the first quarter of 2023 and I'm petrified. So uh, I better get on it. (laughs) I know I'm, I'm literally debating different kinds of songs. I, I obviously that's going to be an original and it's going to be one of my own, but you know, 
when you start doing that, I'm so insecure at, at songwriting because I always feel like everybody's so much better at writing a song than I am that I just it, well you you're you have most an, uh, you have an up on a lot of people and that is you know you do have some music music theory behind you and you can play an instrument it, you know yeah. it's a lot easier to write a song when you can at least sit down with a guitar or a piano and and just hammer something out so yeah uh, I when, agree. when all when all you've got is a voice in your head, it gets very difficult. So it is unless they're unless they find someone like you that can that can literally build <laughs> a track around a a vocal. Right. That is um that I will forever be blown away. Jimmy, I want to thank you so much for being a guest thank today. You. you were amazing. Uh and I, I that's hope you feel good. Uh, once again, why don't you tell everybody how to reach out, how to get a hold of you if they are either interested in, uh, obviously, I want to promote your karaoke business, but more importantly, if they're interested in uh, booking some studio time with you, sitting down, right. making that happen, how do they get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is through email at uh flahertyjames at comcast.net that's f-l-a-h-e-r-t-y j-a-m-e-s at comcast.net you can contact me on Facebook for uh, Jimmy Flaherty that's J-I-M-I and my last name Uh, and my phone number is 253-392-5572 do you have a Facebook business page yeah, it's Epic Karaoke and Seattle Sound Productions. Okay, I don't good. visit them nearly enough, but you can always message me through through there. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Seattle um, Sound Productions. Yeah. It says, I encourage I any. I encourage anybody that's within oh, an hour and a half driving. He's worth the trip to the studio, uh, yeah. and Thank the you. stuff that he does is absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm obviously way better off than than I ever thought I would be. And uh, I can't wait to work with you again. I, I sincerely you mean do. that. And uh, But anyway, I want to thank you so much uh, for being a guest. Uh, I was hoping somebody would at least call and say hi, but I, like I said, I'm, uh, I had so, I get so involved in the interview process. I forget that people are actually listening and I'm just, kind of interviewing so that's just kind of what i do and uh, you gave so much great information and i really hope that people reach out to you uh this of course will be huh i said you asked the right questions well one would try one does try (laughs) (laughs) so anyway sir i'm going to close with my last song that we did but i want to thank you so much uh for being an amazing guest. I'm definitely going to be bringing you on, especially since we're going to be working together, you know, to make the next pop song or whatever that we're doing, that I'm doing uh, a reality. So, but everybody, this is Jimmy Flaherty. Check out Seattle Sound Productions uh, or Epic Karaoke. Uh, You'll be able to touch bases with him. Go check him out. If you're sitting on a song and you just want to get it done, and, and see, this is the man to, that will sit down and listen to you and come up with a plan to make it happen. He's really that good. Uh, thank you so thank much, you, sir. We are out right. here. Thank here you. is All right. uh, 
Bye-bye, sir. Here is my... Here is my last song. This is a cover of a favorite of mine. Uh, It is a contemporary song. I did one original song, one traditional song, and one cover of a contemporary song. And I love the words and this song. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for listening to me. Uh, Once again, thank you, World Movement Records, World Movement Entertainment, and... I am Indy for letting me do this. This has been a blast, and I look forward to many, many more shows and many great guests. Here is Mary Did You Know.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 